Welcome to the Story Forest, a podcast of original tales for curious and adventurous children. The Dashaway detectives are excited to be part of a board game competition, but things are getting a bit suspicious. Is someone trying to cheat? Written by Anna Roberts and read for her favourite storyteller in the world, her mother, Pam McNaughton. Parrot Puzzle I declare the board game tournament open. As you all know, the winner of today's tournament will receive a vital clue for the final event in the Walderburn Valley Show tomorrow, which will give you a significant head start. And may I also remind you that cheating is not tolerated in the least, and anyone caught will be immediately suspended. Let the games begin! The Dashaway detectives were separated for once. They sat in the Walderburn Village Hall, the very one they had crept around a few days before, at different tables with many children they had never met, a few that they had, and, most importantly, Jacob Fletcher. He was the brilliant boy who they had rescued from a summer of utter boredom by convincing his tutor he should be allowed to play. All of them had entered the board game competition. The first round was Cluedo, then came Scrabble, and then Monopoly. Diggory seriously fancied his chances, as did Jacob. Douglas had decided to focus on one game at a time. Dora was only really playing because the boys were, and though she would do her best, she was hoping she'd been knocked out before too long. Diggory was playing Colonel Mustard and Douglas Professor Plum at a different table. Jacob had chosen Miss Scarlet because she always plays first and was already well into his game. Glancing over, Diggory caught a glimpse of his notebook which was already covered in scribbles and symbols. How could he know so much already? On their different tables, the Dashaways and Jacob made their way around the boards, asking questions and showing cards. Some of the kids who they had met teased them that Cluedo should be easy for them as detectives, but they just grinned and ignored it. They knew they had to focus. Diggory was lucky. He flew around the board, using secret passageways, tricking the other players with his guesses and looking closely at their faces to make predictions. He won the game before any of the other games had even finished. Jacob won his game next. Then at his table, Douglas made a guess. It was wrong, but it was discovered that someone else on the table didn't really know the rules and had been playing badly – and so Douglas was allowed another guess, which he got right. They cleared up the boards as the other tables finished, and Diggory had a look around. There were a lot of people there. The tables and chairs were crammed in, and there were even a couple squished into the kitchen and the hall. In fact, he had watched the organisers dragging up extra chairs and tables as more and more people arrived. It was a bigger event than they were expecting, clearly. But why? There was only one reason that Diggory could think of, and it was a good one. The prize for the Walderburn Valley Show was an heirloom donated by a millionaire, and already someone had been trying to steal it. 
The final event was happening the next day. The trophy was getting closer and it seemed lots of people were interested in winning it. Diggory dreamed for a moment of winning the trophy himself, of taking it into assembly at school and telling everyone how he had won, of being in a newspaper or on the TV. The first round is over, a voice cried out, and Diggory snapped back into the real world. But for the first time, he noticed something in the real world which was rather strange. At Dora's table was a mousy-looking woman in dull clothes who had a colourful parrot on her shoulder. Over, the parrot squawked. Over! People around the room laughed and the announcer smiled. Indeed. Please could the winners from each game move over here and get ready for Scrabble, our next game. Everyone else, if you could help arrange chairs around the hall, you can stay and watch. There are teas, coffees and biscuits available in the kitchen. Then there was much shuffling around. Diggory and Douglas both went over to where the winners were. Dora ran over, but only to whisper in their ears. There's something strange about Parrot Lady. More than the parrot, I mean. She won. I'll watch. And then she was gone. And the next they saw of her, she was clutching five chocolate biscuits curled up on a chair. Neither of the boys was sat at the parrot lady's table in the next round, but Dora shifted around to a different seat so that she could see her. While the boys puzzled through the words they knew and aimed for triple word scores, she watched the parrot. It really was magnificent, with a wonderful plumage of red at the top, then yellow, green and blue and back to red for the tail. Dora dreamed of painting it, of getting colours that vibrant. It was a clever bird too. Most of the time it sat on its owner's shoulder, but every now and again it would swoop a little around the room, always drawing attention. It swept around the backs of the other players in that Scrabble game and Dora could almost believe that it was looking at their letters. She watched it lean into its owner's ear. Was it whispering something? Could a parrot even do that? Dora furrowed her eyebrows, which made her face look rather ferrety. All right, Dora, a friendly voice said from another table. It was Mike Nottingham. Dora uncreased her face into a smile. Hello, Mike. Are you winning? He smiled back. Not really, he grimaced. I've always been terrible at board games. Someone called him back to take his turn, and Dora looked back to the table. It was all over. The parrot lady had won. Dora felt suddenly frustrated, as though she must have missed something important. Douglas was not winning. His mind wasn't really a words sort of mind, and he knew it. He didn't mind too much. Diggory was doing better. It wasn't really fair to be pitted against adults who had had so much more time to live and play Scrabble and read the dictionary, he thought, but he was still rather pleased with some of his contributions. He had written Gadzooks and Herbivore, and crenellation. But even then he was still behind on points. 
The letters had all been taken out of the bag now, and he had maybe one more term before it was all over. An old man at his table was taking a very, very long time over his turn when Jacob appeared behind him, grinning. I just won, he hissed, and Diggory grinned. Well done! But Jacob was preoccupied, looking at Diggory's letters. Diggory moved his hand quickly to cover them. Jacob wasn't playing the same game, but it still didn't seem right. Then Jacob said something very odd. You told me about Thomas Worthington's hot air balloon. Would you say it was windy that day, or just a light breeze? Jacob looked at him as though he was trying to tell him something, then walked away. Bemused, Diggory looked back to the game. The old man had made a good move, but there were a few more letters open for new words. He looked between his letters and the board, feeling everyone else's eyes on him. He was still behind, but a really, really good score would sort him out. He even had a Z. If only... And then it all began to slot into place. He saw the space he would put it in. He saw the triple word score. He saw the pieces he would need. His heart began to beat hard as he laid the pieces out on the board. Zephyr, he said aloud. He wasn't even quite sure what it meant, but he knew it was a word. Something to do with the sky, maybe. What does that mean? a woman at his table asked. Diggory, overwhelmed, was trying to add up the score to see if it would be enough. It's a light wind, the old man said pleasantly. A delightful word. Well done, young man. I think that wins you the game. Diggory flushed with excitement. There was to be a lunch before the next game. Jacob and the Dashaways all joined together, and Dora told them all very seriously what she had seen. In the flush of victory, Diggory and Jacob were more interested in retelling their triumphs than listening to a plot about a parrot. But after they had had some very good cheese and ham toasties, they became more receptive. I'm just sure the parrot was up to something, Dora said again. It was like she was telling her what letters they had or something. I'll watch with you for the next round. Douglas said, though Diggory shook his head. It's Monopoly this time, there's nothing to hide. She'll have to manage without the parrot. Dora couldn't argue with this. They went outside for a breather. With so many people around the hall, it was getting stuffy. Diggory, Douglas, Dora! A familiar voice called out to them as they stepped out of the door and they saw Thomas Worthington the millionaire who had donated the grand prize. Good to see you. Still in the games, eh? The detectives looked at each other. Then Diggory looked up, seriously. Maybe Thomas Worthington would take them seriously. Hello, sir. I've got something to tell you. It's, well, it's a sort of secret. Diggory glanced around him. There were people everywhere, and who knew which one of them wanted the trophy? Which of them might have stolen the picnic baskets the day before, hoping to find it? Thomas Worthington inclined his head 
and Diggory led them to the phone box where they had met the spy the day before. I think someone is trying to steal your trophy. He spoke seriously. Thomas laughed. <laughs> Why should they steal it? I'm giving it away. No, I'm serious. Diggory told him all about the picnic baskets the day before. And we know you were sending it over in a picnic basket, he said sincerely. Don't you see? Somebody wants it. Thomas Worthington was scratching his head and looking confused. It's not even worth very much, you know. It's a couple of hundred quid at most. The newspaper really was exaggerating. He sighed deeply. Oh, maybe I should never have done it in the first place. It just felt like a nice sort of thing to do. Dora thought he looked a bit lost. Don't worry, she said soothingly, like she would to a hurt animal. It hasn't been stolen yet, right? And we're here anyway. Well, at the moment you're here, Thomas Worthington said dryly, I'm beginning to think that trophy needs a guard of honour. Could some of you lot do it? Yes, Douglas spoke immediately. Dora and I are out of the game so we can watch over it. Excellent. Must be very useful being a kid and being small and people not noticing you so much. Yes, excellent. It's kept in the safe in the third room off the hall. You could stand outside, I'm sure. Thank you, detectives. He beamed and then turned on his heel and went back towards the village hall. Dora considered that it was also much easier not to be noticed if you weren't wearing bright mustard velvet trousers and a loudly patterned waistcoat in green and orange. He looked a bit like the parrot, really. The Dashaway detectives and Jacob, who had asked them to call him Watson whenever they were in detective mode, wasted no time, but stalked back to the hall. Here they split up. Douglas and Dora managed to get seats just outside the third room and watched carefully to see who was coming and going. Diggory and Jacob helped to pack some lunch things away, as everyone was, and then got out some tables. Some people said what nice, helpful boys they were, which they partly loved and partly hated. And then... The Monopoly game began. There were eight of them gathered around a Monopoly board. The audience had lessened. Very few people were willing to watch a game so long. Diggory took a deep breath. It was going to be intense. Among the other players was the lady with the parrot. Then there were two young men who knew each other and obviously played games a lot, a lively old lady in glasses, a quieter younger lady and an old man who'd done very well in the Scrabble round. They started to make their way around the board, buying up properties and making deals. Diggory played quietly, thinking hard about his tactics, but Jacob could hardly stop talking. He was persuading, cajoling, laughing and teasing, and he was doing very, very well. After a while, the leaders of the game began to emerge, Jacob was one of them, as was one of the young men and the parrot lady. But it wasn't until he noticed just how much cash the parrot lady seemed to have that Diggory began to get suspicious. 
There was never a charge she couldn't pay, and she was liberal with her money when buying anything at all. It didn't seem quite possible. It was hard to say who people were watching more, Jacob or the parrot, telling his jokes, and the game kept going his way more and more. The young men were looking harassed, the older man was enjoying himself thoroughly. But the parrot preened too, repeating funny phrases and spreading its wings magnificently. Diggory, who was now on the lookout, made sure to look at the lady's hands the next time the parrot did this. And he wasn't entirely sure, but it looked as though her fingers may have moved suspiciously to her bag. Diggory frowned. He was on the other side of the table from her, but he had a growing suspicion that if anyone were to look inside her bag, they would find it full of Monopoly money. What could he do? Jacob was too on show to be of any use, and Dora and Douglas weren't really in a place he could signal to them at all. But maybe... As though he were exhausted and depressed by the game, Diggory sank down into his seat so that his legs could stretch as far as they could go. It was almost far enough. He yawned and then pretended to fall off his chair and his foot kicked out at the parrot lady's bag. It tipped over and stuff went everywhere, including several handfuls of Monopoly money. There was uproar. The two young men were on their feet immediately and began shouting, and then so was almost everyone else. Diggory slipped easily back onto his chair. The parrot squawked and flapped its wings, and his dully dressed owner suddenly tried to slip away, but Jacob grabbed her arm and stopped her. By the door to the room with the safe in it, Douglas and Dora watched with wide eyes. The event organiser eventually managed to hush everyone. The room was full of red faces and angry words. The parrot lady had gone very, very pale. The event organiser had been talking quietly with a portly elderly gentleman in the hubbub, but now she spoke loudly for the whole room to hear. I have been consulting with PC Derek Bottley, and I'm afraid that we cannot charge cheaters with any actual crime. But, she consulted a list, Olive Berridge, you are henceforth banned from participation in the Walderburn Valley show. You are expelled with disgrace. The lady's face turned to a sneer and the parrot cackled loudly. I wouldn't be here out of my choice, I tell you. Oh no, your precious show is utter drivel. You've got nothing on me and I'll be on my way. Hands off. She looked pointedly at Jacob and another man who had her other arm, then stalked out of the room, a pathway clearing in the middle of the crowd as she went. There was a lot more discussion and arguing after that. Some people thought the whole game should start again, whereas a larger group were keen to get onto the cake that was to be served at the end. In the end, they counted up the properties and cash that each player had at that point and judged it by that. Diggory came second to last. To everyone's surprise, the old lady in glasses came second. 
and Jacob won. No one begrudged him this, and he went red and looked very pleased. He went forward to collect the prize, an envelope with a clue in for the next day. He put it into his pocket, and then he and the dashaway detectives got on with the very serious business of eating cake. It wasn't until they were walking back to the caravan later that Jacob took the envelope out of his pocket and went to open it in front of them all. Don't, Diggory said. We didn't win. It's your clue, not ours. Don't be silly, Jacob said. Tomorrow is for teams anyway. We'll have a much better chance if we all work together. We'll be a team, right? Oh, yes, please, Douglas said, moving closer to Jacob to see what was inside the envelope. He grinned and pulled it open. But there was nothing inside. The dashaway detectives and Jacob looked at each other. They had protected the trophy. They had warned Thomas Worthington. They had outed the cheater. But in the middle of it all, someone had stolen the clue. Diggory was the first to speak. That olive lady said she wouldn't be there by choice. I don't know if you heard. That means someone had made her do it or paid her. Someone is very serious about getting this trophy. It also means we absolutely have to be the ones to win the prize tomorrow, Dora said, simply. They all looked at each other, and in that moment an agreement was made. They all felt that tomorrow would be their biggest challenge yet. The End Thanks for listening. What's your favourite board game? Would you like to be a detective? Let us know if you've got any awesome ideas for things to be in the story forest.